I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out With Your Card Out. probably looking at this episode title thinking to yourself jason didn't you just say you were not going to cover secret of mana because you didn't feel like you could add something to the conversation well after floundering for uh, about three weeks now trying to come up with something else to do for the show largely because the thing i had planned that i was going to do last week to get the show back up and running here was um well let's just say everything i knew about it was completely wrong so i sort of just had to scrap it and come back to it and i'm gonna come back to that one another time if you follow me on twitter you might know what i was uh, sort of smashing my head up against the wall trying to find anything about this because i felt like i just hit a brick wall with the composers and thankfully a few nice people on twitter helped me kind of get around to who did that so Anyway, so rather than covering Secret of Mana by itself, what I decided to do was I was going to pick five tracks that were across these three albums. Now, the three albums I'm going to be covering are from the original Secret of Mana soundtrack, which is the, I brought it up time and time again on this podcast, one of the first video game soundtracks I ever owned that my grandma purchased for me that she basically pretended like she gave a shit and let me put it in or had it in the CD player rare for me to go. So, yeah. Um, so... You know, that rip of that CD that I've had sitting on the various computers over the last, you know, 20 years or 30 years. Nearly, oh, God, has it really been close to 30 years? It has, hasn't it? Anyway, that's sad. Uh, then after that, we're going to do the Secret of Mana arranged album and then the remake of Secret of Mana that came out a couple of years ago. Now, while I'm not a huge fan of the remakes soundtrack, there are a few tracks that I thought held up pretty well. So what I did was I tried to pick through the entirety of these um, albums. The arranged album, the middle one we're going to be covering, is a little bit more slight than the other two where the original album by itself is 44 tracks, the arranged album is 16, and the remakes is a whopping 53 tracks. So what I decided to do was go through all three of those, find stuff that I thought went well with each other. Not went well with each other. What I'm trying what am I trying to say here? I suppose that I enjoyed all the versions that were on all three of their respective albums. Now, of course, some I'm going to be a little bit more fond of the original just because that's what I grew up with. And I don't know if necessarily that means those were Hiroki Kakuta's original intentions necessarily, because he's also one of the arrangers on the new version of Secret of Mana, and he also did all the arrangements or the rearrangements for the rearranged album. I hope I'm not confusing anybody here. So, yeah. Anyway, so why don't we go with original, arranged, and remake, and we'll kind of call it that way. So, yeah. So what I did was I kind of cherry-picked my five favorites that I thought I could kind of correlate together where they're all going to sound pretty good together because again not a particular fan of the remake soundtrack while the arranged album I think is really really good it's slight it's 16 tracks all total so yeah 
So I decided, let's just pick these five. We'll go with the three versions from those five, and we'll kind of talk about that. So I suppose that works. So, of course, to kick it off, I'd be kind of dumb if I didn't just start off with Fear of the Heavens, right? So let's go ahead, and we will play the Super Nintendo version first and come right back. Just right from the get-go, just gets it right in the heartstrings and is just... I don't want to say it really sets the mood for the rest of the soundtrack, because the soundtrack can be a little eclectic at times, especially some of the stuff that happens in the Mono Fortress, but whatever. Especially some of the cult stuff, that gets really weird. Anyway, but yeah, Fear of the Heavens is just one of those pieces of video game music I can just not listen to endlessly, but it's really just beautiful. Even my grandma enjoyed it, and again, she... I think did a very good job of pretending to care most of the time when she would listen to these things with me. All right, next up is Genesis, Fear of the Heavens, and that is from the Arranged album. Thank you. 
with that as the kickoff for the arranged album, I'm sure you're going to realize that throughout the rest of the soundtrack, the arranged album is largely faithful to the original sound of the Super Nintendo version. I feel it's just a little bit expanded upon, uses some more modern stuff that uh, the Super Nintendo just wasn't quite capable of using. So, yeah, again, good stuff. I really like it. It just ultimately the Super Nintendo one for me is probably just going to be default the one I prefer just because it's the one I've spent the most time listening to and I have a lot of nostalgia for and you know, this is a video game music podcast and, you know, you can probably gather by looking at some of the stuff I listen to. Nostalgia can be a real factor in some of the stuff I listen to. So anyway, let's go ahead and let's listen to Fear of the Heavens again. This time it is going to be from the remake and this arrangement is done by Sachiko Miyano. If ever they were going to make Secret of Mana the movie, this is the version I would expect to be playing because, yeah, it's it's really pretty. It just kind of, I don't want to say has that sort of generic orchestral feel to it. It's a really good arrangement, but it's just missing a little bit of something that the Super Nintendo version packs a little bit harder and that the arranged version does as well. Again, my opinion, you're entitled to your different opinions. That's just the way things work. Anyway, uh, the next track we're going to be covering is... Again, probably could be my favorite from Secret of Mana. I don't know. This is one I really listened to on repeat quite a bit when I was younger, and that is Calm Before the Storm. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not entirely sure if it's really just musically that I like this one so much or just the feeling it invokes. When you play the game itself, this is more or less what plays after almost every boss fight. It gives you a real victorious feel to it. And a lot of the boss fights in Secret of Mana could be a real bastard, except if you know how to stun lock them with the sprite's magic, which at that point, then it's, it doesn't become a cakewalk, but it just definitely gets a lot easier. Yeah. So anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the arranged version. And that one is entitled Winds Calm Before the Storm. Yeah, there's always this weird little pre-word before it. I don't I don't know why they did that on the arranged album, but hey, it's Kakuta's album and it's Kakuta's soundtrack and his arrangements, so he can do whatever the hell he feels like, especially after giving us this. So yeah, anyway, here it is. <laughs> Thank you. 
Alright, so I really like this version of the track, except the weird decision on cutting the symbol very, very short. It seems like it wasn't really necessary, because I don't think that's like that in the original version, but hey, whatever. Not my decision to make, and, you know, Hiroki Kakuta obviously knows what he's doing, so I'm just going to go ahead and let him roll with it. I really like this version again. One of my favorite pieces of music from Secret of Mana, period. I love that one, even if it is a little... It, it, simple. I, I feel like maybe the percussion's a little bit heavier in this one. Maybe not heavier, but just more obvious, I suppose. More at the forefront, but it's whatever. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next one. And well, it's not the next one. It is just the next version of this. So we're going to listen to Calm Before the Storm from the remake. And that version is made by Sasakure.uk. I really hope I'm not butchering that. I'm pretty sure I am, but hey, whatever. It'll be in the show notes. You can go ahead and look and then make fun of me on Twitter at uh, Jason Ariola for saying it completely wrong. Anyway, um, yeah, here's their version of Calm Before the Storm. <laughs>
again, if they ever made Secret of Mana the movie, I feel like this would be very good for that, except I might actually like this more than the original. The kind of percussive stuff feels a little bit more like a victory march of sorts. The little kind of flourishes and embellishments that get thrown in are pretty subtle, while also staying very true to the original. I really, really like this arrangement of this track. Again, one of my favorite pieces of Secret of Mana music to begin with, and then kind of knocking it up a bunch here with this is just... Mwah, chef kiss stuff, you know? I love this one. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to another one I love. And, you know, it's going to be pretty much the theme throughout this, as I love pretty much every track we're playing tonight. And that is Prophecy from the original. This track is so ingrained in my head from memories of playing the game itself that it almost sounds a little weird not having the thunderclap that goes on normally when this goes on. Uh, when this happens, basically the Mono Fortress has risen from wherever it was hiding. I forget exactly. God, it's been so long since I've actually played this far into Secret of Mana. But the Mono Fortress is floating in the air, and every time it thunderclaps, it basically disappears somewhere else, and you're kind of flying around on your uh, luck dragon effectively yeah effectively like a luck dragon looking thing uh, i'm trying to trying to catch it and every time it does that it just goes somewhere else and it's like ah you piece of shit come here anyway yeah so i always hear that in my head even though it's not actually part of the music itself anyway let's go ahead and let's move on to hiroki kakuta's arrangement of this from the arranged album and that is prophecies prophecy yeah not terribly original with that one so yeah anyway <laughs> Thank you. 
it's almost like Hiroki Kaguta kind of did this rearrangement and realized, hey, you know what? A lot of people are probably going to be remembering the thunder clapping in the Super Nintendo version, except it's not part of my composition, so maybe I should just go ahead and throw it in when I make the arrangement for this album. And I think it actually added a little bit of a nice effect to it. Yeah. It doesn't take away from the original too much, so I kind of feel like this works out pretty well. It's just a nice complimentary thing to it and just sort of beefs up what prophecy was trying to do to begin with that the super nintendo may not have been able to do that Hiroki kukuta was trying to get done i don't know anyway let's go ahead and let's move on to the arranged version what am i saying we already listened to the arranged version let's go ahead and listen to the remakes version so the remakes version is handled by sutomo narita and hopefully you really enjoyed the lightning and it being a little bit more let's say full than the super nintendo version because that's exactly what this one kind of does not lightning thunder lightning is visual thunder is sound i'm an idiot here, here's prophecy.
So, one hand, I kind of dig how edgy this one is. It's a little loud, a little bit more full. Kind of feels like something that might fit like on a rock opera sort of thing. Except there's too many, let's say, hints of the original in there as far as sound quality goes. It's, I don't know. I'm sort of up in the air about this one. I either love it or I'm kind of like, eh, maybe I could do without this one. At the, let's say, moment when I picked this, I decided I loved it. And I still kind of do, except listening to it at the moment again as I insert it into the podcast itself i'm like and eh, maybe i don't love it i don't know this is one of those ones i think is going to be really divisive i suppose might be the only real divisive one i feel i put up here as far as them sort of being not an equal footing but at least all of you know marginal quality within each other yeah anyway why don't we go ahead and let's move on to the next one and that is leave time for love from the original version of secret of mana This one feels like a natural progression of sorts from Prophecy. It's got a little bit of that flute going on, and the percussion in this one is a little bit heavier, I believe. I believe. Don't quote me on this because I'm not 100% sure I'm right about this, but I do think this is what plays while you are in the Mono Fortress itself, so it sort of feels like it would fit in very well. I could be wrong. It just, that's what's triggered in my brain. It has been so long since I've beaten a Secret of Mana that I can't really say for certain yeah anyway again another one of my favorites absolutely love this there's only a small handful of the 44 tracks that Hiroki Kakuta originally composed that I kind of would toss out one in particular just the drumming dwarf thing oh god anyway um yeah other than that yeah I would definitely say this is in my top 10 uh favorite secret of mana tracks I man I don't know it I'm kind of wishy-washy, I suppose, as to, like, what exactly are my favorite tracks for sure, because sometimes, um, you know, a bell is tolling, and sometimes it's Calm Before the Storm, sometimes it's Prophecy, sometimes it's Meridian Dance, I don't know, uh, but, yeah, really putting these things down as far as, like, which one is my absolute favorite, kind of hard to really pin down, but anyway, so let's go ahead and let's move on from the original version of Leave Time for Love, and let's listen to the arranged version of Leave Time for Love, uh, actually, let me, let me rephrase that, let's listen to Secrets. Leave Time for Love from the arranged album. Again, didn't name these things, okay? Just Hiroki Kikuta can do no wrong with me as far as I'm concerned. So odd naming convention aside, I'm just going to go ahead and just let him roll with it because, yeah, one of my favorite video game soundtracks, uh, he can kind of just do whatever he wants as far as I'm concerned.
Again, I think the strength of the Arranged album is it just feels like it's Hiroki Kakuta utilizing more modern stuff as far as technology goes. Uh, you know, all this instrumentation that he used existed beforehand. It just, you know, the Super Nintendo was just not capable of doing it. So, yeah. Anyway, I really feel like this is incredibly faithful to the original. It's just a little bit more full, hits a little bit harder. I, I probably get a little bit more akin to this one than the original, honestly. I... I don't know. I have a hard time. I, I, there's so many like different versions of the Secret of Mana stuff, just like remixes and stuff I've heard over the years that it really gets hard for me to pin down like, oh, I like this version better than this one. It's almost always kind of falls back to the original version, but occasionally something like this pops up and I'm just like, yeah, I think I kind of dig this one a little bit more. Now, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it a little bit here. The arranged version that is done by Day Day Mouse, I'm going to say I like it, but there are some let's say problematic things that I have with it that um, we can talk about once we listen to it. So yeah. Anyway, here is the remix version of Leave Time for Love. And again, that is by Day Day Mouse. I believe I'm saying that right. Day Day, Dee Dee, that's whatever. Anyway, here it is. Jesus, Jason, just have a little confidence in yourself occasionally. Oh, uh, still recording. I probably should edit that out. Huh? Alright, if you're kind of familiar with what I listen to, you probably know I listen to some more heavy electronic stuff occasionally, and I I sort of feel like Leave Time for Love made the transition very well uh, for this arrangement, or this remix, whatever you want to call it. Except the electronic bagpipe sounding things there. I'm not really a 
big fan of those. They're just a little, eh, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of real bagpipes, so electronic ones are even maybe less so uh, something I am fond of listening to. Uh, the vocals that were added into this, I really dig. The kind of the harder-hitting beat in here, I like a lot. It really kind of feels like it's sticking real close to the original, but just adding a little bit more of a hard beat to it. Again, just can't with those electronic bagpipes. I just, uh, I want to like this version a lot more than I do, and I do like it. It is just those little instances where they come to the forefront so loud and clear that I just like really just throw in the towel on this version, I suppose. So yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to Meridian Dance from the original Super Nintendo version of Secret of Mana.
I don't know if I really have much else to say about Meridian Dance after talking about it on the previous episode. This is definitely one of my favorite final boss themes. It just... I don't know. It's just the intensity that plays throughout this. Hiroki Kakuta just totally nailed everything with this track. I don't think there is a single wasted second. And... Yeah, just masterful composition and masterful use of the Super Nintendo from start to finish on this one. So, yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to Mass Meridian Dance. And that is from the arranged version of the album.
Perfect rearrangement of Meridian Dance. I feel like if this was maybe a PS1 game or a PS2 game, this is exactly how Hiroki Kakuta would have utilized that hardware's, uh, well, you know, just basically limitless potential as far as music goes, maybe a little compressed, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I have nothing to complain about this version of Meridian Dance. It is just killer from start to finish, really just kind of amps up everything that the Super Nintendo version did. Again, might be ultimately a little bit more fond of the Super Nintendo version just because I sort of dig the simplicity of it to a point, but at the same time, whatever this is bringing to the table as far as the rearrangement goes, I dig, so yeah. So we are now at our final track for this episode, and that is going to be Meridian Dance from the remake of Secret of Mana, and that is actually rearranged by Hiroki Kakuta himself. So, um, yeah, we're getting three different versions of Meridian Dance from Hiroki Kakuta. So, here it is.
pretty good way to take us out, I think. Ultimately, I think this Meridian dance is maybe a little strong at times, but I don't feel like it diverges too much from the original, adds a little bit more to it, you know what I mean? And also, I want to say it feels a little bit more loud, maybe a little bit more busy than the arranged version even, but it feels like really... Uh, Kakuta kind of went back to the arranged version, dug up that well a little bit, was like, hey, you know, let me um, let me power this one through a little bit more even. I don't know. It, it just kind of has that vibe to me. Ultimately, I hope that this journey through the Secret of Mana soundtrack and, uh, you know, two different iterations of it was good because this is hopefully the last time um, I'm going to have to dig into this well because... You know, for, like, compilation episodes and stuff, I don't mind throwing in some Secret of Mana music because, of course, you know, again, one of my favorite video game soundtracks ever, I just don't want to keep leaning on this soundtrack. Uh, this was just sort of a quick, like, hey, you know, here's a good idea. This is one of those things I've kind of wanted to do and had on my, let's say, uh, back of my brain for quite a while that I just never got around to doing. Um, even with my former co-host, I wanted to do this. And I just never got around to doing it with him, so I just figured, hey, you know what? You've had this idea in the back burner for a while. Just bring it up and let's uh, let's do this thing. You just got call up to the majors from the minor leagues, effectively. Yeah. Hopefully, this inspires you to go check out the Secret of Mana soundtrack if you haven't before. If you haven't, I don't really know how you ended up listening to a video game music podcast, but I'm glad you're here, and hopefully, I did this thing justice. So as usual, please go to Patreon.com/slash/GamesAndJunk over there. You can kick in. Anything from a dollar all the way up to whatever you want. I don't care. If you want to do $600 a month, I would be more than happy to take it. But, uh, you know, you don't have to do anything that. Uh, for a dollar, you don't get anything but a, you know, a, a, a nice warm feeling in your heart for helping your boy out here. But if you kick in $3, you will get an RSS feed for all of the podcasts I do here on the Games and Junk Network. That includes Rocket With Your Card Out. That includes Multimedia Failure, a chronological exploration of every single video game movie ever made, where we then scientifically rank them against each other. Totally not arbitrary in the least. We also do the Games and Junk Game Club, where we're actually talking about video games again, instead of just, you know, cursory video game stuff, or, uh, yeah, just stuff off to the side of video games. We're actually talking about video games themselves, once again. And that has been nice, to say the least. And also, the recently launched So Say We All, a sci-fi podcast that I do with my friend Stephanie Kulak. She's been on a few of the Games and Junk Game Clubs before, and she is now my sort of, um, you know, permanent co-host over on So Say We All, so that'll be kind of fun. It's kicking off with Battlestar Galactica, then we're going to do a little Babylon 5, and then we might circle back around to Battlestar Galactica again, just because I don't know. We're still hammering out the details of that, but the second episode's already recorded, so there's only one episode out at the moment, but the second one is already in the can, as it were, so there's not really much to worry about there with an episode not going up anytime soon, but that will get you an RSS feed to all of those podcasts you will get them earlier than most of the people will get when you know this goes out on the free feed you'll also get them at a higher quality audio rate and you will also get the bonus episodes the patron exclusive bonus episodes of rock out with your card out i believe there is 10 of those now and i have the 11th one kind of scheduled out here to do maybe today if i get to finish editing the latest episode of multimedia failure before i can yeah, I just don't want to run out of time and spend, you know, eight hours in front of a computer doing podcasts all day. So, yeah, that doesn't sound like an ideal way to spend a day off, but, I mean, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Also, if you decide to kick in $5, you will also get the previous stuff I mentioned for the $3, as well as a shout-out on the show. And the people that are doing that currently are Vanessa Cahill, John Lucero, 
Alex Messenger, and Josh Carpenter. So I want to thank you guys for continuing to support the show, even when I go in this, oh, let's say, rut of not being able to figure out exactly what I was looking for as far as the episode goes, because, um, you know, what I knew was wrong, and then I just have to kind of scramble to try to think of something else. So thank God I had this on the back burner, and, you know, yeah. Anyway, you can also follow the show on Twitter at Robico Podcast. That is R-O-W-Y-C-O Podcast. You can follow me at Jason Ariola, and you can follow the composer for our theme song, Chibi Tech. You can follow her at Chibi Tech. That is C-H-I-B-I-T-E-C-H. You should definitely go and check out her discography on Bandcamp. She has an amazing amount of albums over there that are just incredible, and the let's say entrance fee is so minimal that it's almost a joke. So yeah, if you enjoy chiptunes, you owe it to yourself to go check out Chibi Tech's catalog because it is just astounding. And I still cannot believe I managed to con her into doing a theme song for my stupid little podcast. I should stop calling my podcast stupid because that really sort of belittles them. And I'm trying to get people to tip in money for this, right? Right. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, people. Anyway, that'll wrap up this episode with Rocket With Your Card Out. So I just want to thank you again for listening. And I saw I got a few new listeners from being mentioned on very good music, a VGM podcast. I listened to that and um, was quite flattered of the company I am kept in. So yeah, I got a nice little shout out there and they recognized my obsession with uh, Falcom Sound Team and Matoy Sakuraba. So uh, yeah, thank you. thanks guys. I, I can't really thank you guys enough, especially you, Alex, for constantly being a supporter of the show. I don't know why, but you know, I really appreciate it, man. Anyway, again, that'll wrap up this episode and I can't think of anything else. So I'm just going to go ahead and let the CVS2 announcer say, great. I knew that groove was in your heart.